Well, I believe that uh, it is important for us to keep open minds, not to be afraid uh, to meet new people, new experiences, and uh, always to respect each other and respect other countries, other cultures, traditions, as well as our own culture and traditions. This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. Together, we will break all the stereotypes about Ukrainians so that when the flag of Ukraine is lifted anywhere in the world, everyone will know Ukraine and its unique culture because today, Ukraine has a dynamic new generation that will change the world. Hello, My name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help liquidate the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me and even though he struggled with cancer after that, for the rest of his life he always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people then from 2018 to 2019. For two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to help build orphanages for Ukrainian children. And thank you. Thank you all so much for the support. More than 190 people participated in this project for Ukraine, from the vice president of the Helen Marlin Group to the vice chancellor of the UGCC, to the president of the Erasmus Student Network Kiev, to the president of the World Trade Center Kiev, to students from the FLEX program, Ukraine Global Scholars, Yale University, Harvard, and the London School of Economics, to the United Nations, to interns at the Ukrainian Parliament and at the Canadian Parliament, to top 1% students in Ukraine, but not only them. This project is for all Ukrainians from all backgrounds. And if you wish to participate, send me a message on Instagram, aziz.future, and join the Telegram channel, Kiev Future. My goal is to make interviews with hundreds of Ukrainians, and the world is listening. This podcast is already top 50 in the United Kingdom, France, Switzerland, and Monaco. Top 25 in Austria, Germany, Canada, Russia, and Poland. Top 15 in Australia, Italy, Spain, and Dubai. And top 10 in Norway, Sweden, the Netherlands, South Korea, Singapore, and many other places because this is now officially the number one podcast on Apple about Ukraine. Together, we will break the stereotypes. Together, we will help all other countries discover and respect the greatness of Ukrainian people and this good reputation will support the development of Ukraine, creating more opportunities for every Ukrainian to have a better life. So, let's begin. My guest today is Lilia Antoniuk. Lilia is the Young European Ambassador in Ukraine, National Coordinator 
EU Neighbors East. She is the executive director of the NGO Women's League. Lilia is the author of the research Social Entrepreneurship in Ukraine in Times of COVID-19 Through Gender Lenses. She is an, an EAP Civil Society Fellow 2021. She is a eu for youth alumna 2020-2021 and an MA in Gender, Society and Representation from University College London. Lilia, it's an honor to have you today. How are you? Hi, everybody. Good evening, Abdul. Um, you know, I feel extremely excited about having our conversation today, especially taking into account the fact that uh, today Europe celebrates Europe Day. And on this occasion, I would like to congratulate all of us on uh, you know, having this opportunity to celebrate this day to remind ourselves, uh, our colleagues, our friends, that uh, actually unity, support uh, and peace is, uh, are among the main uh, issues which we should uh, in care in practice and which we should always keep in mind. So thank you for presenting me and thank you, thank you for inviting me and congratulations on Europe Day. Thank you. So it seems Europe and the values of unity, of peace, of cooperation are very important to you. Can you speak a little bit about when did it begin? I mean, when did you begin to discover and find this love for those values and to see Europe as a model for you to embrace? Thank you very much for this great question. In fact, uh, for me, as for many other Ukrainians, uh, one of the crucial points and changing moments in life was the revolution of dignity in 2014. Um, that was the year when actually um, I was still studying at the university. I was doing my master course. I started it. And in 2015, I had a chance to undertake the studies abroad in, in Lithuania. I was 21 years old then, back then, and that was the first actually time in my life when I crossed uh, the border with the European Union. So I can say that the year of 2014 and um, after that 2015 were these, you know, changing points in my life because the revolution of dignity, it um, ended up and... Uh, um, you know, it caused the rise of uh, civic activism in Ukraine and uh, the mindset of people changed. And as I was a young people back then, and I'm still a young person, uh, I, I was a young person and I'm still a young person, um, my mind, you know, and the way I perceived the things which, was, which were going on, it changed a lot. It was it was affected by all the dramatic and drastic events which took place, and you know the my, the main aim of the revolution was to give Ukrainians a chance for actually a better future, uh, for a future where uh, they can um, live their own lives without dictatorship, without anyone saying them what to do and how to do. 
uh, a life where they can make a democratic choice, their own choice, and where their freedoms and rights will be protected. And when I say this, uh, I actually refer to the values of uh, the European Union. So that was the time and the moment when I started to think about the European Union. And when in 2015, I actually uh, went to one of the EU countries, to Lithuania, and I started my, my course there, I was studying uh, the system of the European Union, the way it operates, its institutions and policies. So right after these uh, dramatic events in Ukraine, I digged into the essence of the European Union uh, from the academic perspective and from practical legal perspective, because I'm a lawyer. Um, and, uh, you know, for me as a lawyer, uh, understanding all the formalities is quite important and, and I can even say crucial because it helps you actually to get into the essence of any phenomena and to understand whether uh, this is something you would like to experience or not. And uh, in my understanding, the European Union and the values of the European Union are something which I would like to have here in Ukraine right now. Thank you. That sounds really wonderful. And yes, when you dig deeper, you as a lawyer, into the values of the European Union, and you wish to bring that to Ukraine, tell me more about what specifically will elevate and help develop Ukraine when it comes to the values of the European Union, and what do you see that you believe should be evolved, developed, and changed in Ukraine? This is a great question, so thank you for, for it as well. Uh, first of all, we need to um, identify what are the values for, of the European Union in my understanding. So in my understanding, this is our, first of all, the respect to human rights, respect to dignity, respect to freedom, to equality, a democratic way of operation of the country and the system of functioning of the country bodies, and so on and so on. So these are the main and crucial points for me. So when we talk about the this um, uh, values and Ukraine, unfortunately, there there is still a way which we need to, uh, which we need to go and to follow because um, when we talk about equality, for instance, uh, um, equality is still an issue for Ukraine, either when we talk about the uh, gender equality or about the um, equality of um, people of different uh, race or ethnic origin and so on and so on. When we talk about respect to dignity, um, unfortunately, in case of Ukraine, we still have many cases of violations of people's dignity, for instance, by police forces. When we talk about respect to freedom, um, this is something uh, which I would like also to pay our attention to, like uh, freedom of speech. Whether we really have the freedom of speech in Ukraine, uh, it may seem that yes, on the one hand we do, but on the other hand, when uh, um, we have some uh, violations of freedom of press, when uh, uh, the correspondence of the newspapers or the TV channels are under pressure, this is not actually about freedom. 
Uh, when we talk about the democratic way of operation of states, uh, um, I do believe that Ukraine is doing its best to change this, the old system, the old bureaucratic uh, uh, corrupted system, but still the changes are too slow and we even now have the people who try to stop Ukraine from, from developing, from uh, getting rid from these corrupted systems. And unfortunately, we still have them in place. So um, when I talk about the European Union's values, I talk about the things which in Ukraine are being implemented already, but quite slowly. And what we need to do is to work harder for them to be implemented in practice uh, now and uh, not in the far future, because we are living at present. Um, nobody knows what can happen tomorrow. And if I am now living in this country, I would like now this country to be a real democracy and an example for others to follow. Thank you very much. And it seems you have a lot of focus on equality, on gender, on inclusion. Tell me more about that and about the situation in Ukraine. And what do you believe should be evolved there as well? Thank you. That's one more great question. Indeed, uh, one of my particular interests lays within the area of gender equality. Because I do believe that people, all people, regardless of uh, their gender, should be treated equally. And when I talk about equality, I mean, I mean not formal equality, I mean uh, equality of rights, freedoms and opportunities. Because unfortunately, um, not all the time when we have the concept of equality enshrined in the legislation, it... Uh, um, it is uh, the situation is the same in practice. For instance, in case of Ukraine, we do have the principle of uh, gender equality, equality between men and women uh, enshrined in our constitution. But when we look into the practical issues, uh, uh, we see that there are such a huge gaps uh, between the for instance, salaries of men and women or their pensions or the way they are treated uh, in terms of employment and so on and so on. Let me give you some practical examples. When I talk about the um, gender pay gap uh, in Ukraine, the difference between the salaries of men and women are uh, around 25%. So women... Uh, earn less uh, for uh, uh, earn less than men, and this difference is in twenty five percent. When we talk about um, employment and employability, unfortunately, due to the spread of gender stereotypes and uh, the roles which men and women should exercise in their life, women are treated um, quite unfair. In, the, in terms of employment, because one of the questions which are they are still asked, when I say still, I mean like the 21st century, you know, Musk and his uh, um, innovative uh, uh, rockets are al al already discovering the space, but in Ukraine, women are asked about uh, their marital status and whether they're going to have children, and the decision on whether they will be employed or not is, al is also taken based on their answer to this question. 
uh, it seems ridiculous to me, but unfortunately, it is the reality and the practice of uh, our our life. The other example which I would like to provide you with is the, the example related to the issue of domestic violence. Unfortunately, this is the problem um, which is not dealt uh, properly in Ukraine. Uh, because more and more women are uh, are claiming that they um, they are the survivors of domestic violence, and especially in terms of COVID nineteen situation, the situation is getting worse. One of the researches of the UNFPA uh, based in Ukraine shows that. Uh, um, 600 women die yearly because of domestic violence but that research was made in 2017 today we live in 2021 and the COVID situation as i mentioned previously affected the domestic violence uh, issue uh, dramatically so uh, and when we uh, try to analyze the um, gender or sex uh, um, uh, base of the of uh, this violence we may say that uh, in more than 80 percent of cases women are survivors of domestic violence so these are you know the issues which bothers me because first of all i am a woman by myself secondly i am a human rights defender uh, as i mentioned before i have a legal degree and as a person uh, with uh, who has you know lived in uh, different uh, european union countries for quite a long period of time and uh, who has experienced the other way of life uh, i believe that uh, it is also my obligation to try to combat all these stereotypes and to fight for gender equality in my country because i live here my family lives here and i believe that uh, uh, you know, my um, family in the future my, uh, will still uh, will also live here. So we need to do something in order for all of us to um, feel that uh, uh, the country we are living in is uh, the best country in the world, not something uh, which we would like to live uh, and uh, something from, uh, from where we would like to escape as refugees. Yes, and that is a perfect question, perfect topic for me to ask a question about, because I believe that it's very important to understand why people stay in Ukraine. Therefore, we can reduce the brain drain to other places. So to you, you said you want to stay there, your relatives, descendants, etc., rather than be a refugee. What kept you in Ukraine? What do you see, feel, or believe that allowed you to stay living in Ukraine rather than go live as an immigrant in any other country, whether the US, Canada, uh, London, Switzerland, or any other place? Thank you for this question. Probably I will start answering uh, to it from giving some um, information, from providing you with some information about my experience. Because as I mentioned before, I've lived in Lithuania, but uh, in addition to that, I also lived in Austria, in Sweden, in Latvia, and in the United Kingdom. So I had this chance to compare different systems, to compare different uh, orders of life. And I do believe, I truly believe that Ukraine is a country of opportunities. 
And if you, as a young person or just a person, uh, uh, possess some skills or some knowledge which may be useful for Ukraine and which you may uh, use in, or in order to make a difference in Ukraine, then you should do it because it is really a country of opportunities. You will never, well, probably some of some of uh, some of our. Uh, um, followers uh, may try to find their happiness somewhere abroad, but I do believe that uh, taking into account the psycho psychology and uh, um, different historical issues and rules that we that we have here in Ukraine, it is much more easier for us to find ourselves here in Ukraine and to help the country to develop by our knowledge and skills rather than just to escape it and to say that everything is so bad in that country, I decided to escape and now I, I live in some other country and I feel myself I'm like I'm not at home, but still I don't want to go home meaning Ukraine because something is going wrong there so it is a chance for us to to change something and uh, to improve the life uh, here in Ukraine for ourselves and for our uh, friends for our you know parents as I mentioned uh, few children etc thank you very much and can you tell me about the young European ambassadors uh, what do you do there? What is the goal, the vision, as well as the benefit to Ukraine? Because that's really great the way that instead of escaping and then saying that there are bad things in Ukraine, you want to change the country for the better through your own hard work and involvement. So can you tell me about uh, you, your work as a coordinator, as well as the goals, purposes, and kinds of people who become young European ambassadors in Ukraine? So many questions. Uh, thank you. I'll try to answer them. So when we talk about the Young European Ambassadors Initiative, it is a part of the European Union Regional Communication Project EU Neighbors East. This is, uh, as I mentioned, the communication project. It was launched back in 2015 with the aim to enhance the, understand the understanding and deepen the knowledge about the European Union, uh, its policies, its values and structures in the Eastern Partnership countries. Uh, Eastern Partnership countries are the following, Ukraine, Moldova, Belarus, Georgia, Azerbaijan and Armenia. The Young European Ambassadors Initiative is a youth component of this project aimed at uh, uniting uh, active young people in the Eastern Partnership countries with the young people in the uh, European Union member states and in the United Kingdom. And the main aim of this uh, initiative is uh, actually to foster the youth cooperation in their local communities and to talk about the European Union, what it is, uh, what it can bring to um, their states and uh, what kind of benefits uh, ordinary people can get from uh, European integration of their countries. When we talk about the initiative, it was launched in 2016 and uh, uh, now it operates uh, under the um, regional program for Eastern Neighborhood 2020-2024. Uh, 
Why not talk about the beneficials of these programs and its participants? Since 2016, more than 1,000 young people participated in the initiative and benefited from participation in it. Currently, we have more than 500 young European ambassadors operating in the Eastern Partnership countries, in the European Union and in the United Kingdom. So when we talk about the, who are those people, um, they are, first of all, uh, uh, people who are interested in the European uh, integration of their home countries. They may be uh, from 16 until 26 years old. And uh, as uh, our working language is English, uh, uh, they should uh, have some um, you know, some at least uh, basic knowledge of English, uh, which will allow them to communicate with their peers from another countries. What are the benefits and the main aims of the initiative is also uh, a great question. So I will start with the um, aim of the Young European Ambassadors Initiative uh, and uh, actions that uh, the members of the initiative uh, implement in practice. This might be different trainings, different lectures, discussions, debates on uh, different angles of EU policies or EU and Ukraine, for instance, cooperation or uh, some balance of the, of the European Union like gender equality. We've talked a lot about it today. And what are the benefits to Ukraine is actually uh, enhanced knowledge of uh, an understanding of ordinary people about the European Union, about these uh, values, and uh, about the uh, you know the systems uh, which are working somewhere else, not in our country. How can we actually make them work here in our country, and how can we benefit from them? Besides, uh, um, as uh, members of the Young European Ambassadors Initiative are also beneficiaries of uh, other EU programs and projects like Erasmus+, Plus, like European Solidarity Corps, they also spread the knowledge about these programs and these projects, encouraging young people, first and foremost, to also join these programs, participate in these programs, and uh, um, after that, uh, again, to make a difference in their local communities. Because, for instance, when we talk about the Erasmus+, Plus, Erasmus+, Plus, uh, has a few different directions, like youth exchanges or uh, academic exchanges or uh, Erasmus Mundus as a long-term um, master degree studies, two years usually. It's, uh, these programs aims at helping uh, the young people to develop their soft skills together with developing their hard skills. After participating in these programs, people come back to their countries with a different uh, set of skills than uh, um, that, that uh, they could acquire uh, um, in their um, home country. And when we talk about, for instance, European Solidarity Corps, this is a program which allows young people from, for instance, EAP countries as well to try their 
to try themselves in a different environment, uh, for instance, in some uh, in some EU countries, to work for the benefit of those uh, local communities in those uh, EU countries, to get the best practices from that, from there, and to get back to their home country with this new knowledge and to get into practice them to actually try and make some changes at home. So the, ben the main benefit of this initiative, in my understanding, is actually um, the spread of knowledge about uh, the European Union, uh, its programs and projects available for young people, for instance, and uh, about uh, the values uh, of the European Union in simple words, showing some examples and being a role model. Thank you. And I can feel your passion, desire and interest in being such a role model. Then to ask you on a more personal note, after you've done your progress for the day, you have contributed that 1% more to the world at the end of the day, or even earlier when you want to really feel alive, to feel those emotions that recharge you and make you full of passion, what are some activities or hobbies you like to do that give you those feelings? Great question, thank you. So first of all, um, as a person who, who travels a lot, uh, um, I can say that uh, one of the things which helps me to recharge my battery is uh, uh, finding new places, meeting new people, finding uh, discovering some new cultures uh, uh, for myself because um, it helps me to understand how uh, diverse the world is and uh, how many other things I should still I still have to learn and to discover for myself. The second uh, thing which probably helps me to recharge is uh, music. I play piano, so it helps me to sometimes get rid of uh, the difficult thoughts or some or some uh, thoughts which bother me. And uh, probably the third thing would be the time which I spend with my family, because um, at least in my case, I have uh, strong ties with my family, with my mother, with my father, with my grandmother. And I believe that the time that you spend with your family is actually the priceless uh, time and uh, you should use every opportunity to um, to spend this time with them, with the, the closest people to you and to try to find peace in that as well. Because I know that uh, there are some cases when young people um, cannot uh, deal with the issue of uh, uh, getting uh, along with their relatives, but I do believe that this is something which we should work uh, all together and which we should strive for to be in close relation with our families and to support each other. Thank you very much. That sounds really, really great. And you, as someone who's an ad academic and who's analyzing all the trends, etc., how do you feel the pandemic has impacted the situation in Ukraine? Do you think the world will be the same in Kiev and in Ukraine after 
2020 or what are your expectations, analysis and thoughts? You know, I must say that all your questions are fantastic. Um, when we talk about uh, the pandemic and COVID-19, uh, it is important to understand that it affected all of us, even those people who uh, um, who were lucky enough not to um, get it and not to be affected by COVID-19 infection. Uh, they were also they are also affected by by it, but in, in other ways. Whether the world will be the same, it is a difficult question. I, I think that the same as it was previously, it will not be. Because um, the countries, people and uh, the systems changed uh, in different ways. Uh, for instance, when I talk about people, uh, some, some of... Uh, um, some of them have, and uh, some of us probably, have reconsidered their values, have reconsidered the way they uh, used to live their lives and uh, to treat uh, themselves uh, or the, their relatives, because I've mentioned previously the issue of family or their colleagues and so on and so on. Uh, when I talk about affecting the systems, I mean the economic system, the healthcare systems, and the government system of countries. And when I talk about affecting the world, uh, I mean the relations uh, on the international arena between different states and different countries and people as well. Because now what we are seeing and what we are facing is actually... Uh, these uh, sometimes hidden, sometimes not uh, war and uh, competition between different countries. Uh, for instance, uh, for getting the vaccine or uh, um, or some resources, uh, which ends up uh, in a world being not united, but uh, vice versa. Um, so. I'm not sure that the world will will be the same, um, but I still have some hopes that we will be able to cope with all the challenges, to find to find the proper solution to them, and uh, to get uh, back to our normal life. Let's call it like this, but with some amendments. Thank you, thank you very much again, and to you as someone who. It's thinking a lot about the development of Ukraine, etc. If you were to describe the culture of Ukrainian people to Europeans, compare and contrast, and you spoke about living in more Germanic countries, which also could be more reserved people, what would you say is the average or typical attitude, personality, and way of thinking and being of someone from Ukraine? And how do you see it changing in the newer generations? Great question. So when we talk about the culture and the difference in cultures, uh, it's quite um, difficult to compare because, first of all, all people are different. And to say how the average Ukrainian man or woman behaves uh, is a challenge. But in general, what I can say about uh, Ukrainians is that they are quite open and they are generous and they are always ready to assist each other and to um, and actually to make friends. 
because this openness and generosity, this is a great basis for people to, um, to start productive communication in some relations, I mean, the friends relations and so on and so on. When I talk about um, uh, people and the cultures in the countries where I've had the pleasure of uh, studying or living, uh, such as uh, uh, Sweden or Austria, for instance, uh, um, I believe that uh, people there are a little bit more reserved than Ukrainians and uh, making uh, friends there is uh, requires a bit more time and effort than uh, if we if we compare to the case of Ukraine. Talking about the changes of um, behaviors of culture and uh, mindsets in uh, Ukraine and among Ukrainian young people, I believe that um, these changes takes place uh, not in terms of them uh, becoming more resolved, but in terms of them becoming uh, uh, more open-minded. Uh, um, and when I talk about the open-mindedness, this is also something to be related to the EU values. Um, you should not be judged by uh, um, by some trait of you, and this is one of the uh, main values of the EU as well, equality and respect, and I believe that young people in Ukraine these days, they are getting the understanding of importance of this value of respect to the differences of people and to uh, the uh, peculiarities of uh, uh, different people, their characters, and so on and so on. So you should not judge somebody and you will not be judged, judged in return. I believe that this open-mindedness and readiness to face something new is slowly but uh, uh, strongly getting into you know, the arena in Ukraine and into the mindset of young people in Ukraine. I agree with you, and I had even Katerina Retz, who believed as a guest here that Ukraine can be as developed as Western Europe, or even better, because there are so many resources, great culture, really people who, when they become more and more motivated, they work hard and they develop everything uh, there. Ukraine is absolutely uh, great, and then to ask you, what did you miss about Ukraine when you were living abroad? Was there something, even personal, like you missed some dish or a place or anything that kept you nostalgic about life in Ukraine? Thank you for the question. Actually, what I missed, uh, I missed my family, because as I mentioned before, I have quite strong connections with my family. So that was something, uh, something, and that is something which makes me all the time come back to Ukraine. And uh, when we talk about some other things, uh, um, you know, I like my home. I mean, the building where I live. So the feeling of this place makes me happy, and being here makes me happy. And uh, when I was, uh, for instance, when I lived in uh, London, I spent there. Um, in 2016, half a year, and 2018 and 19, almost uh, two years, um, I always uh, had that feeling that, okay, 
I'm I'm so thrilled to go back to my home to Ukraine because I just need the atmosphere of being home, um, being at my cabinet, at my bedroom, having all my stuff, uh, and so on and so on. So yeah, this is something which is really close to me and uh, what I missed uh, the most when I was abroad. Thank you very much. This was a really valuable educational and interesting episode and if you could before i ask you the other final question if you have any advice or life lesson that you think should be shared with other ukrainians and with those listening in order to have a better life what would you say would be important well i believe that uh, it is important for us to keep open minds not to be afraid uh, to meet new people, new experiences, and uh, always uh, respect each other and respect other countries, other cultures, traditions, as well as our own culture and traditions. Thank you. And to finish, can you share information about all the projects you're involved with that you would like to share about? as well as what are the best social media to uh, write that I will make sure to write in the description where people can learn more and follow them. Thank you. This is a minute of self-promotion, it seems to me. So uh, when I talk about the projects in which I am involved, I would like to mention the following. The Young European Ambassadors Initiative, which is the part of the EU Neighbors project, I do believe that young people in Ukraine, who especially those who are interested in diplomacy, in European integration of Ukraine and uh, in developing their skills, soft skills and knowledge, they should check this initiative. Also, I am an executive director of the NGO Women's League and uh, within the operation of the NGO Women's League currently, we are implementing the Girls Leadership Academy. This is a project for uh, uh, girls aged 18, uh, 14, 18 years old from uh, um, regions of Ukraine, from different uh, small cities, towns and villages aimed at their development and development of their leadership skills. Uh, when I talk about some other projects which I would like, which in which I am involved and uh, uh, which I would also like people to check or advise people to check is the issue of developing a social uh, entrepreneurship in Ukraine. Uh, I'm an author of the research social entrepreneurship in Ukraine at times of COVID-19 through gender lenses. Um, I'd want you to check it uh, just uh, for you to understand what the social entrepreneurship is about, why it is important for Ukraine to develop it, and uh, what actually, how actually our country and we as an ordinary people can benefit from uh, social, uh, um, from implementing the social entrepreneurship concept in our country. Uh, talking about the uh, social media network, uh, uh, which uh, I believe is um, would be the easiest for people to connect with me, for instance, it is Facebook. And I believe that all the information about the project, which uh, projects which I've mentioned can be found on Facebook easily. 
for instance, uh, to check the information about the Young European Ambassadors Initiative, you could uh, check the Facebook page EU Neighbors East. To check the information about the Girls Leadership Academy, you can check the Facebook page Women's League. Uh, and to check the information about the social entrepreneurship, uh, you can check uh, my personal page or uh, the pages of uh, the relevant projects uh, which I've mentioned. For instance, the uh, EAP Fellowship Project and EAP Fellowship Facility. Thank you very much. I will make sure to write them. It was my pleasure, my honor, and my privilege to have you here, Lilia. And I wish you a brilliant day. And again, we celebrate together this special day. So you also finish with some words to celebrate this very special day. Thank you very much for inviting me once more. And uh, yes, let's celebrate the uh, let's celebrate Europe Day together today, because Europe Day is about unity, is about support, and is about peace. By the way, today Europe Day is celebrated in the EU member states. However, in Ukraine, it will be also celebrated once more on 15th of May. So in case you didn't know about this uh, holiday uh, previously and you didn't celebrate it today, you will still have a chance to celebrate it the next Saturday on 15th of May. So let's stay in touch. Let's uh, stay um, united and uh, stronger together. Thank you. Stronger together. And I wish you a day where more unity, more strength and more development will be for every Ukrainian. Thank you again. Thank you very much. I wish you the best of luck as well.